it's so crazy and that's and that's why i think that it's the key to productivity trust it really is it might not be a sexy topic or anything like that you know but if you know how to build that trust and you don't have to take years to do it you really don't mm -hmm. I mean, you can do it pretty pretty quickly as long as you follow through with your word and you, you do what i said before you're gonna be golden it's worked for me over and over again Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, speaker, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur. We talk all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by freemoneytipsbook.com, freemoneytipsbook.com. Go to that website, download your free ebook, Seven Unshakable Tips to Get You Started on Your Financial Journey. Today's episode, I get to interview Nikki Gianni with The Leadership Architect, and she is going to talk about how building trust is the number one key to productivity. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to Empower Her Money podcast. Thanks, Angela. Great to be here. Yes. Awesome. I appreciate you being here. I would love for you to kind of start off with your story. How did you get to The Leadership Architect and what it is today? Okay, sure. No problem. So yeah, I started um, my career with the Department of Defense as an enlisted member. I joined the Air Force back in 1997 when I was 21. And I just, it just clicked with me. And before people were like, what? You can't even get up in the morning. Blah, blah, blah. And um, no, but it was, it was very good for me. Um, I ended up finishing my degree and getting to go to officer training school and becoming a contracting officer. So um, I was in major acquisitions for, um, 22 years. And the last 15 years of my career um, as a civil servant, I was a senior leader. So I got to supervise lots and lots of people having lots and lots of problems <laughs> um, to deal with. And it was, but it was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Uh, and so after 25 years, I was like, okay, now it's time to go and um, do something different. So I was like, well, what do I like to do? And I like to lead people. I actually really miss it because I don't have anybody to lead right now. Um, but yeah, so I said, okay, well, I can teach other people how to lead. Um, and that's where I am. That's Leadership Architect to help you build your foundation of leadership. Yeah. And so um, one of your areas of expertise is about building trust. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit more about what that means and how you approach that in teaching your clients? Sure, sure. So um, because I have moved so much in my career, I, had, I was stationed at eight different bases. I was always the new guy, right? Um, and so I needed to be able to build trust fairly quickly or else I wasn't really gonna get anywhere, especially when I was a leader. So um, I came up with just doing certain things that really worked, which was, um, first of all, you have to have a massive amount of empathy. If you don't have empathy as a leader, you, you might as well just throw in the towel right now. And everybody can get have empathy, right? So that's I'm not saying that anybody is not, not a good fit. But um, yeah, so empathy, understanding where people are coming from, getting to know them. You know, I in my uh, my favorite job in was in San Antonio, and uh, I had sixty five people working for me, and I knew every single one of them. I knew all their families. I have met most of them. I knew their kids. I knew their problems, and so that way I knew how to lead them. Right. Um, 
and that, so that was very important to me. So empathy, knowing your your audience, right? Knowing your people, communicating, and being very humble, because when going like what goes along with being the new guy all the time is not knowing anything. You know, when you walk in the door, because it's like, well, Air Force is Air Force. No, 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 that's not how it works. Uh, everybody's different. So I would just say, hey, listen, guys, you're you're the ones who know everything, not me. I'm just here to support you. So tell me how you do it. And you empower people. And once you empower people, they start trusting you even more, you know? So um, it's it's just, I guess it's just being nice. is <laughs> the, the key to the beginnings of leadership success, right? And then you have strategy and all that stuff. But uh, for the beginning, when you're a new leader, those are the things that you need to know. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's like a simple concept, right? Just to be nice. But I like the approach of empathy getting to know your employees, because as a business owner, that can be one of your highest expenses is turnover with employees. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. they don't feel like you care, so that I think is a huge thing when it comes to entrepreneurs with trust. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is so costly to hire a new person. Uh, and that, because not only do you have to hire them and you have to find them, but then you have to train them and, and all that. And there's so much of a learning curve with, with everything. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not good to have to lose people. Yeah. So make sure that you keep them. Yeah. Now, would you take kind of the same approach too when it comes to your clients and building that trust? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just my personality. And so that's what you're going to get from me when you are one of my clients, when you're my client, you're going to get empathy and, 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 um, you know, kindness. To, so that way you open up to me and we can really get into the, to the, the crux of the issues that you have. Yeah. And did you find that when you were in the military, kind of taking that similar approach worked well for you? Yes. Yes, most definitely. It, it didn't matter if I was supervising a military member or a civilian. Uh, all those things were very important. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, so what do you think about like when you see business owners and they start to lose trust with their either their employees or with their clients? What are what are some things that you see? Well, so that is it. Do they do their the clients and the employee lose trust in them or do they lose the trust in the employee and the client? Because let's take, take both scenarios. Okay. Okay. So either way, it's not good. Right. Um, so you have to figure out how to build that up again. And when you feel that something's off, ask, you know, I mean, all of these things are really pr pretty much common sense, but it's, it's so effective. If you don't feel something is right, ask them, Hey, what's going on. You seem like you're acting different. Uh, is it me? Is it, is it your family? Is it what, you know? And usually they'll tell you, especially, you know, eventually, so they might not tell you right away. Um, but if you are persistent enough, because that's what a leader does that you have to, you have to care about people. And the same thing with clients, you know, if they're not, if they're not like acting the same way, say the same thing, what is going on? Is there anything I can help you with? You know, how can I support you? And usually people will open up that way. Hmm. Interesting. Now, as a leader outside of trust, what are some other struggles that you notice with your clients and with business owners when it comes to running their business? Yeah. So, um, micromanagement is a problem. <laughs> um, and it's a horrible thing to have ex to experience. I don't know if you have before, but I have, and I hated every minute of it because I'm an independent person. Um, yeah. So most of the leaders were like, oh, well, I'll just do it myself. And or I'll just watch them like a hawk or make sure that they do it right. Mm -hmm. No, you have to trust them. You have them there for a reason, whether somebody else chose them or you chose them yourself. So give yourself a break and, you know, 
make sure that they can do the job, of course, train them, but then leave them alone, let them do their thing. And you'll get much more productivity out of them than if you were, you know, over their shoulder all the time. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because it goes right back to that trust. So when you have an, a leader who's micromanaging, they're not trusting their employees exactly. and then the employee doesn't feel like they're being trusted. So neither one of them are going to be performing at their optimal levels when that lack of trust exists. It's so crazy. And that's, and that's why I think that it's the key to productivity trust. It really is. It might not be a sexy topic or anything like that, you know, but if you know how to build that trust and you don't have to take years to do it, you really don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do it pretty, pretty quickly. As long as you follow through with your word and you, you do what I said before, you're going to be golden. It's worked for me over and over again. Yeah. Do you notice any difference when it comes to trust and how um, leaders or business owners approach from a male perspective to a female perspective? Yes, I do. Um, I think women are more heart led people, mm -hmm. you know, um, they're more, more emotional and, um, touchy feely type, you know, cause some men are like, they don't need to know that about me. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I worked with a guy, uh, I was an instructor, uh, with him and we were, we're basically training drill instructors for a month because we took care of cadets. Right. And we, they, they were going through their basic training. And so I'm like more of like the mom to my cadets and he's more of like the jerk to his cadets, you know? <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, how is that working for you, dude? And he's like, well, it doesn't really matter. And I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? He's like, well, it's their problem anyway. And I'm like, okay, that's not sounding good. <laughs> yeah. But so, I do yeah. think sometimes the men, when they have that type of leader and approach them, they react sometimes in a positive manner because that's what they're used to. Whereas the woman right. who's more heart-centered, she's like, forget that. I don't, I don't trust you. I'm not going to listen to you because you're not being, again, empathetic to me and my needs. So why am I going to follow you as a leader? Right, right. And it's so whenever I've experienced a man like that in my um, in my circle, I tell them, I'm like, hey, listen, your style is not like mine. I will try to adapt to you, but I don't like being a jerk. So um, let's try and be nice to one another. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to make a, a lot of uh, progress that way, you know. And yeah. a lot of times they're, they're taken back. They're like, what, you know, crazy lady. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, women are definitely different. I think that they can get uh, a little too emotional and connected and attached to their people. And that's what he, his concern was about me with my cadets is like, you know, I'm like the mom, but when it was time to be the, the disciplinarian, I did not have a problem doing that at all. And, mm. um, and, to and the teacher, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think, I honestly think, and this is just my opinion and I'm biased that women are, tend to be better leaders than men, but I think they are much more on guard hmm. than men. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> they need to let that guard down a little bit hmm. and be themselves as opposed to just always being, you know, hypervigilant about how they behave um, because it's, it's, it's detrimental to them and to the organization. Yeah. And one of the things that you kind of just touched on there with a female or a woman entrepreneur being a little bit more emotional, um, how can it hurt the company as far as like, maybe they don't want to let an employee go because they did get close to them. Right. Oh yeah. I've experienced that before. I, I worked for a lady one time who's like, well, he's right. He's this guy. He was coming into work drunk and everything. And, and she's like, well, he's really close to retirement. Why don't we just leave him alone? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're basically paying him for nothing. He's coming in and being drunk, you know, 
And I said, let's talk to him and let's get him on the right path instead of just letting him do whatever he wants, you know, because I don't think he wants to do that anyway, because he was, he was sad that his, uh, he lost his, his uh, partner, you know, she, hmm. she passed away. So he was just a miserable guy, you know, and, and it affected the entire organization because his people were like, Mickey, I don't know what the heck is going on with him, but you know, he's drunk and yeah, you can't have that going on, you know? No, so, it's not good for the business. It's not good for employee morale. It's not good for the clients. It's not good for the person either. You're encouraging the behavior and they're not going to be the right fit for you right now when mm -hmm. they're acting in that manner. Right. Yeah. So you cannot be an enabler. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent agree. I want to jump back a little bit to your military career. You had mentioned that you do acquisitions. Now I understand what that means in the business world. What does that mean in the military world? It means buying stuff. So um, I did... I bought like uh, all sorts of things, construction projects, uh, services, uh, satellite programs. That was the biggest one I ever did. I, I, $18 billion satellite program um, with a B, right? Um, crypto equipment, uh, anything you could pretty much think of, we buy. And so, and, but then we follow this rigid process. I'm the contracts person in the acquisition team. Um, you know, this program manager, you know, contracting engineer, logistics and so on. Um, yeah, so we're the kind of like the traffic cop. We're like, mm. nope, you can't do this, but you can do this, you know. So um, a lot of people don't like contracts because that's <laughs> we're kind of like the redhead stepchild of the group. But if you are good to them and you tell them, well, you can't do it that way, but you can do it this way, then you know, you, then you're you're respected and and you're appreciated. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised, you know, leaving that field that perhaps because you understand, understood so much how it worked mm -hmm. that you didn't create like a company that could sell to the military too, because you knew what they were looking for. You knew the contracts, you know, you, you knew how to dot your I's and cross your T's. So I guess that that's uh, also a really big business that people get into when they get out of the military. Right. Well, and I, so I got all of my certifications for small business status, right? Because they're set asides for, for government uh, contracts. Um, but I don't want to do contracting anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I had enough of that. So I want to do my, my, my leadership coaching and I'm hoping that I can find some, uh, some consulting work with, with the government, uh, across the board, state and federal to do yeah. that. Um, so yeah, but it's really hard to find jobs that are small enough for just one person, you know? So, uh, I can definitely find more people, but it's just a little bit painful. Yeah. <laughs> so. You talked about certifications. Um, go a little bit more in depth about certifications and what you obtained so far and how you went about that. Sure, sure. So um, first I, I had to get into um, the system, right? And it's called SAM. I can't remember what that stands for. And that was painful. That was the worst thing that I had to deal with because it was just like one glitch after the other. It took about three or four months to actually make it work. And mm -hmm. I didn't understand it from the other side. I'm like, this is not hard. All you got to do is sign up. No, that's not it. <laughs> Well, it is, but it's for some reason it's not um, so that I got you get that first. And then um, my house just happens to be in a um, what they call a hub zone. And it's usually a, an area where there's not a lot of business going on. It could be like, you know, poverty stricken or, um, you know, I think with ours, it was a flood zone. So at, at some point, like back back in the day, <laughs> so so I got that and I applied for that. Um, it, it took a lot of paperwork, but it was, it wasn't too bad. And, um, then I got my, um, vet service, uh, disabled veteran owned status because that's what I am. Um, and that didn't take too long and uh, woman owned. So, um, 
so yeah, I pretty much cover the spectrum. There's only one, it's, it's called 8A, where you, you, that's, I didn't get, I can't get that one because I'm not a minority, so, but, so if anybody wants to, to, to really get contracts with the government and you're a minority, get 8A status. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. It's great. And they're, they're, they take care of you. It's like a whole mentorship program. So yeah. Gotcha. And you talked about maybe in the future, being able to consult and train leaders within the military. What would that look like for you? Oh, it'd be so cool. Um, I, I can like envision this like big project of, um, you know, so even within Air Force contracting, let's just say, because that's what I know. I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I should have turned that off. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so I would imagine it being like a standard program, right? Like, and depending on where you're at in your career. And so you'd have like beginner, intermediate and advanced. And, um, you'd give the classes and then you would coach them individually based on their needs. Uh, so I think that would be totally fun and exciting, um, especially if they want to do it. If they don't want to do the classes, then it's concerning. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it would be great. I actually saw a contract um, with the state of California where I live uh, for leadership coaches and they needed to coach 250 leaders, supervisors within like the, you know, health services department or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's huge. And then I saw, I kept looking through the documents and it's like, oh, notice of award. So they already awarded it to somebody um, who is awesome. So I actually hit them up and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a, a service disabled veteran. You're supposed to hire those people as subcontractors. If you have, if you have any need, you know, let me know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think it would be a lot of fun. And because, you know, the military itself has a lot of training, you know, with, with leadership, especially for officers. Uh, but on the civilian side, which is a huge chunk of the organization, mm -hmm. they don't really have too much. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who flounder, you know, people who, uh, you know, get promoted because they're good technicians. And then they have no clue how to manage people, you know. Mm. And then they're just kind of like, oh, and then they start to hate it. Right. And then, they, so then it's like this whole big bad snowball that happens. So if they are a little bit more prepared, it would be really good. Yeah. So it's nice to know that that niche is available and exists. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to be able to go in and give back to the service that you were in for quite a while, um, I think that would be an incredible opportunity, well needed also. Um, but to grow your craft as well, to be able to build out that program. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've been thinking about um, trying to um, give lunch and learns for people on leadership. Mm -hmm. And that way I can get my, my foot in the door, get some practice and, um, you know, potentially say, they can say, oh, well, you know what, we could use you, your help here. Um, so that's the goal. We'll see how that works. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other industries that you kind of focus on to be a target for, you know, someone that you know that you can help and add value to? I think the tech industry is probably the closest industry that I know, um, because when I when I was in, you know, working for the military, that's all I did was buy technical, very technical things, mm. um, complicated things. Um, and I didn't have to know anything about those things except the concepts. Uh, but yeah, so I understand how to deal with that kind of contractor and engineers and program people. Yeah. So I think tech would be probably the best uh, area to go through. Maybe that in healthcare, because healthcare is complicated and it's got a lot of regulation like, like we did. Yeah. And it sounds like you probably speak the lingo. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't know about healcare, but in tech, I, I could probably do that, but 
we have we have alphabet soup we call it um because all the acronyms you know that we have so yeah and every place has their own acronyms so yeah i used to work in the baking industry so the same thing we would have acronyms for everything and that unless mm -hmm. you worked in that field you really had no clue what we were talking about yeah yeah it's so funny and and we've like oh abc what does that mean um you know airway breathing you know whatever it was for the <laughs> it's like no 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 it's this instead yeah it could yeah. be something completely different in a different field. You just don't know. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, well, no. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Well, I have a fun question for you. Sure. If you could pick a superpower or a super talent, what would it be and why? You know, growing up, I would watch Wonder Woman and she could fly that, that plane, you know, and it was invisible. Uh -huh. So having an invisible plane would be really freaking cool. <laughs> That's the first time I've gotten that response, but I can see how that could be, you know, interesting for you being your background with the military as well. Yeah, yeah. But and, and the, the funniest part is that I get so nauseous from motion. Oh, so wow. I'm like the worst. I went on a, a, a helicopter simulator one time um, because I did good. I like won some award. Oh my God, I was so nauseous by the time it was over and we didn't even take off the ground. You know, we were on the ground the whole time. So yeah, ironic. Uh Awesome, Nikki. So if our audience wants to get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing, possibly hire you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, sure. So um, my I'm, I'm doing a three-part private podcast series called New School CEO. And that is about, you know, what is a new school CEO or, or leader compared to an old school and how that affects you and how you, you know, can be, have a career with, with that kind of um, leadership. So um, that's going to be available on January 1st. So if you go to newschoolceo.com, you'll be able to find me there or nikkigiani.com. Awesome. Any social media you want to shout out? Sure. Yeah. Coach Nikki Gianni is on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So, oh, and LinkedIn is Nikki Gianni. <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you joining Empower Her Money podcast and providing value to the audience and don't forget to check out her podcast coming up soon. I know I will be, and I'm super excited for everything that is in front of you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Angela. Thank you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into Empower Her Money podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast, and leave a review wherever you are tuning in.